Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast, where we revisit the message from this week's church service. I'm Krista Q, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for a whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear Reverend Jim Bale's message from January 9th, He is My Son. Welcome. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I am Jim Bales, the interim pastor of Kern Memorial United Methodist Church in Oak Ridge, and we welcome you to this worship service. We thank you for joining with us. We pray that this service may glorify God and also be inspirational, uplifting, and challenging. We worship this week in the second week of Epiphany, celebrating the baptism of our Lord. May God prepare our hearts for worship. Our call to worship, the season of Epiphany, celebrating the manifestation and appearance of God. God has manifested God's self. God has appeared in the Christ child, the Emmanuel. God has appeared and will appear through God's Holy Spirit. Past, present, future. God is in our very midst. Celebrating the baptism of our Lord, our scriptures will be the Old Testament reading, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and Luke's account, Luke 3, 21 through 22. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved, and with you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. They sure grow up fast. Speaking of kids. I have heard that all my life, and I didn't believe it for one second as a kid, and then later as an adolescent, 
And I don't think I believed it at all until we became parents, and especially becoming grandparents. They sure grow up fast. The New Testament writers and the Christian calendar sure have Jesus growing up fast. Today's New Testament reading from the middle of Luke's Gospel is almost exactly a chapter after Jesus is born. And within one chapter, we find after Jesus' birth, he is taken at eight days of age to be circumcised, then taken to the temple for the purification. And we have that little episode of Jesus at 12 in the temple. And then Luke 2 ends with this summary statement. And, and Jesus grew in wisdom uh, and in faith and in favor with God and God's people. The gospel writers sure had Jesus growing up fast. In the Christian year, which began with Advent, the four weeks uh, leading up to Christmas, then the Christmas celebration, and then last Sunday, Epiphany Sunday, uh, the Christian church celebrated the, the wise men um, coming to Bethlehem. And, and then uh, we find so quickly here in the second Sunday of the year, Baptism of our Lord Sunday. Each year, the Christian calendar would have us remember and to celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And so we do. And certainly Jesus' baptism was important. It's recounted in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's referred to in, in the Gospel of John. We find in Matthew that Jesus approaches John the Baptist and insists upon being baptized. John demurs, always knowing his place as subordinate to Jesus. But Jesus insists, and Jesus is baptized. Here in Luke, joining a, a group of others who are baptized. And the question has floated up throughout Christian history as to why it was that Jesus insisted upon being baptized and that Jesus was baptized. A few reasons, very good reasons, have, uh, have been lifted up. Uh, one, that Jesus was identifying with the message and mission of John the Baptist. We know that the stories of John and Jesus are interwoven. The story of uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and the births of John and Jesus. John's ministry is now well underway. His ministry really became quite a movement. And could it be that in being baptized, that Jesus is identifying with the message and mission of John, just as John is 
preparing the way for Jesus. That John's message was repent and believe in the gospel, that the main thing that John did was to baptize, so much so that he became known as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. So perhaps Jesus is personally, sacramentally identifying with the message, the ministry of John, that they are part of God's mission in the world. Or secondly, many uh, suggest that Jesus is setting an example, setting an, an example of his would-be disciples and for each and every one of us as disciples of Jesus Christ. That baptism uh, early on becomes part of the Christian life and that Jesus uh, would in encourage us to be baptized and that is always the best way to encourage someone and have a word of witness is to do so ourselves. And so could it be that Jesus insists upon being baptized to set an example for them and also for us? Or thirdly and very powerfully, some have suggested that in presenting himself for baptism, Jesus is identifying with we sinners. That Jesus, in the baptismal water in the River Jordan, sacramentally, is identifying with uh, those then and there, those of us here and now, who come to the baptismal water, who, who come to the sacramentally symbolic, cleansing, forgiving water of baptism. Each of those suggestions has great merit. Looking at the Gospels, we know two things for sure about Jesus' baptism. There is the vision, the experience, and the voice. The vision, the experience, that as Jesus is coming from the baptismal waters, we heard read that it was as if the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove. We do know for certain that Jesus' baptism is Jesus' Holy Spirit anointing. Now let us be sure, Jesus' baptism is not his first Holy Spirit anointing. That Mary's very conception, that the first second and the first moment of Jesus' human bodily existence is the work of God's Holy Spirit. And we remember that the, the word Messiah in the Hebrew literally means the anointed one. We remember that the title, the Christ, in the Greek, literally means the anointed one. 
we remember that Jesus is part of, of the Trinity and that Jesus has always been one with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. We know for certain that Jesus' baptism is yet another Holy Spirit anointing of Jesus. We also know from the very next chapter that Jesus' Holy Spirit anointing is connected with Jesus' mission. Of course, Jesus has the Holy Spirit as being part of the Trinity, that God the Father grants Jesus the Holy Spirit and so blesses Jesus. God grants Jesus the Spirit also to empower Jesus and calling Jesus forth into the world. In the very next chapter, in his hometown of Nazareth, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61. Jesus applies Isaiah 61.1 to himself when he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me too. And he goes forth to speak of his mission. Jesus' baptism this wondrous public experience of Jesus' Holy Spirit anointing. Jesus' baptism and our baptisms. Do we realize, and may we never forget, that each human being is Holy Spirit anointed. We will refer today to both of the Old Testament creation stories. That second story that we find God taking from the clay, the dirt of the earth, but then God breathing, God breathing God's breath. The same word for spirit and wind. God breathing, God's spirit breath into the figure. And then and only then, Adam is born. That each human being has been anointed with God's life-giving Holy Spirit. Our life comes from God's life. Our breath comes from God's breath. Our spirit comes from God's spirit. And then certainly, ourselves as spirit anointed, that our spirit anointed is connected with our mission and in our purpose. We find Jesus himself later on in the Great Commission, and when he says, you are witnesses to these things, but he says, wait. Wait for the power and presence from on high. We remember the risen Jesus himself breathing on the disciples and saying, receive the Holy Spirit that Jesus himself 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we as, as Christians, and again the word Christian means comes from the root of Christ, that we Christians are anointed one. In the church, we celebrate the birth date of the church at Pentecost, which is God giving God's spirit, God's spirit breath and power presence to the church. Jesus' baptism and our baptisms, Jesus' spirit anointing and our lesser but still true spirit anointing. But a second thing we know from sure from each of the three gospel accounts of Jesus' baptism, and that is the voice. Breaking through the heavens is the voice. You are my son, my beloved, and I'm so very pleased. We can know for certain that Jesus' baptism is God's public baptismal water proclamation of Jesus' identity, of who Jesus is as God's Son. Now again, let us be clear, in contrast to what a few in the early church thought, that Jesus' baptism does not make Jesus God's Son. Jesus has always been God's Son. The, the Gospels begin with the Gospel writer said, this Mark saying, this is the good news, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But Jesus' baptism includes God's public, historic, outward proclamation of Jesus' identity as God's Son. And we thank God for what is to come, that Jesus accepts His God-given identity, that Jesus realizes what it means, what it involves, even at the cost of His physical life, to be the Son of God. And Jesus accepts, embraces, fulfills, and lives up to and lives into his identity as the Son of God. Jesus' baptism and our baptism. And something vital that we should realize about baptism, whether of infants, youth, adults, is that Christian baptism is a celebration of our identities, of our God-given identities as children of God. That first creation story the sixth day of creation, 
when God creates the males and females and, and that God creates them and us in God's own image, in, in God's likeness, that God creates them as God has created us as children of God. And as we would baptize children, the most innocent and purest form of this biblical truth, uh, that we realize that children are born children of God. They do not, we do not become children of, of God. We do not have to do this or that to become children of God, we are born. We are born children of God. And the invitation is, and the challenge is, to accept our true identity, our God-given identity, not seeking a self-made identity or taking on the world's identity. How crucial it is that we know our rightful God-given identity. I will never forget decades ago at the death of Judy Garland. Too soon, too tragically. And one major newspaper wrote, quote, she never knew who she was. Just recently, there was a long Sports Illustrated essay on the very sudden demise of, of a college football coach. And the gist of the long article was, he forgot who he was. Very quickly, he forgot who he was to his demise. And the invitation is to hear God's voice. You too are my child. And with you too, I am very well pleased. And we are invited to accept our true identities as children of God, to accept uh, to live up to and to live into our identities. This past week on uh, January 4th was the anniversary of the January 4th, 1999 Tennessee National Ch Championship victory over Florida State. Precious memories, how, how they linger. You recall the hero of that game was Peerless Price, number 37, wide receiver. Peerless is his given name. Peerless Price's mother loved that name, Peerless. And so she named that child Peerless. And in the Sports Illustrated uh, after, issue after the championship, with Peerless Price on the cover, there was a banner headline that Peerless Price said, I've always tried to live up to my name. Always tried to live up 
to my name, Peerless. And the invitation is, the glorious and challenging invitation is that we would live up to and live into the even greater name and identity we have as children of God. Jesus' baptism and our baptism. Celebrating his, our spirit anointing. Celebrating his and our God-given identities as children of God. But there might be a third meaning to Jesus' baptism. A third meaning that I have had never run across uh, before. But could it be, and I think it is, could it be true that Jesus insists on being baptized and is baptized as his personal act of repentance? Of repentance. Again, John's baptism, Christian baptism, has always been connected with uh, repentance. And this certainly is obvious as we think of what we call believer's baptism and those that are baptized as, as youth or adults. And we normally... Most of all, think of repentance as confession of our sins, confessions of our shortcomings. And that always fits for us, but it does not fit for Jesus, of course. But let us recall that the broader, richer meaning of repentance is turning, turning Godward. And that is why um, it is so powerful as at the baptism of, of children to have parents and, and godparents and the entire church speaking on behalf of the church universal of turning and by vows and by baptismal water, turning the child Godward. My mom and dad sure did that with the five of us, whether or not we lived up to it. And could it be that Jesus' baptism is Jesus' public act before he begins his public ministry, his baptismal water sacramental act of God turning, of God commitment, of God surrender, of Jesus saying, yes, Father, yes, I'm with you. Almost a parallel at near the end of Jesus' public ministry 
at Gethsemane, when Jesus prays, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus' baptism and our baptism. And could it be the very remembrance of our baptism? Indeed, every day of our lives might be the opportunity for a renewed God turning, God commitment, God surrender. Jesus' baptism, our baptism, ourselves as Christians, as baptized believers, the church as the community of the baptized. May we pray. Gracious God, we pray that for a moment that we might consider this very possibility that in insisting on being baptized and baptizing being the physical act of John upon Jesus and Jesus being the recipient of the vision experience the voice but that Jesus willful act might be considered Jesus repenting that is Jesus committing himself publicly fully to you and oh, how Jesus fulfilled that pledge. Gracious God, we pray on this historic baptism of our Lord's Sunday and week. As we pray at the beginning of this church year, this Christian year, we pray, gracious God, that this might be a moment. These might be days of invitation, of challenge. That we as individuals, that we as church, would re-up with you. Rededicate ourselves to you and to your mission. O oh, gracious God, if it be thy will, through your Holy Spirit, may it be so. May it happen. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this time of worship and praise. We pray that God will bless you, keep you, inspire you, uplift you. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening.
If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.